1: Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
3: After floating up into the air, Thomas, Tyronicus, and
1: Richard find themselves on the Lep Moon base. Thomas and Richard have to go through a screening, which they pass by the skin of their teeth. They are then implanted with neutralization devices before Lucky takes them to see a new prisoner. That prisoner turns out to be none other than Mr. Kit Harrah being interrogated by a Medusa named Viper Hale. Upon hearing he has been in contact with Jessica and she apparently has helped him, the agents decide they must investigate and set course for the Northern Isles.
3: I do declare, Urana is back in session.
0: Mmm. Oh, wow.
1: This is really good. <laughs> mm. Kit scarfs down a large leg of meat with you in the mess hall. You can tell swallowing causes him some trouble, but the veracity with which he eats seems to overshadow any pain he may be feeling. Mmm. <sighs> Coffee could be better, though.
4: Viper is, as nonchalantly as possible, taking bits of meat off and feeding them to individual snakes.
1: You see Slithers comes out and goes... Then Monty comes and tries to fight for that little piece of meat.
4: Hey, 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 be nice. Share. Thank you. Okay, all right. There's enough for everybody.
1: And then they kind of calm down. Thank you. Not to sound insensitive,
5: but how is Kit eating right now? What do you mean? Don't you have not arms?
1: No, he has arms. Oh. So what happened to Kit right now is Kit has his arms. They're pretty good. Okay. Kit has a huge gash across his throat Uh as if someone slit his throat, which has been healed, but like clearly his vocal cords and internals are still in pain. Right. So you could see it hurts him when he swallows a little bit. And then his bottom half has been replaced. It was the bottom. Okay. Instead of legs, you see tentacles. Gotcha. I thought it was
5: everything neck down was tentacle. Okay, I got
4: you. Ursula. Yes, he is Ursula. Yeah,
5: he is kind of... <laughs> Except
4: in pain.
5: Yes.
2: Tyrannicus is just, like, biting his bagel, sipping his tea, and just, like, looking around.
1: Yeah. Richard looks at you, Tyrannicus, and goes, so you're telling me your job feeds you for free? Yeah, doesn't everyone's? <laughs> no. I can sit here in this mess hall and eat as much as I want for as long as I want for free. That's about right.
4: I mean, it's sort of in exchange for your labor.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
4: But, I mean, technically free. But
1: but you also get paid.
4: I mean, yes. yes.
5: Tyronicus, look at me. Look at me, Tyronicus. Do they serve coffee here?
3: Yeah, I'm drinking it, buddy. It's not as good though. It's not as good as group cheese. I don't
5: care. I need all of the coffee you have in this establishment right now.
1: Thomas, roll an investigation check for me. That's a natural 20. <laughs> oh my god. That makes sense. <laughs> and it begins. You spot those like hotel carafes for you to serve yourself. You see the regular roast. Uh, uh, you see the dark roast. You see the light roast. You see the decaf. Not only that, with that 20, you know that behind the table where that's laid out, there is an extra jug of each. <gasps> I take it on. <laughs> you walk over and I guess roll a dexterity check to try and juggle all of them. Is it hot? It's very hot. That is a six. Oof. Um, You grab the regular and the dark roast. And as you grab the dark roast, you like go to hold it against your body like you normally would, but you're kind of still not fully used to being skeletonized. So like, I guess your kinesthetic sense is a little off. And so the jug tips, the like lid comes off And a bunch of hot coffee pours all over you and your jacket. And you take. But I can't feel it. You take three points of burning damage. Of burning
4: damage.
1: As your bones, like, almost like boil in it a little bit. Mm. And they get, like, a little bit of a brown tint. And the coffee spills. All over you, and everyone in the mess hall turns to look at you. There are a lot of people here. is just like face palms. i just
2: like I told you to keep a low profile.
5: They already don't want you here.
2: Oh my god.
6: Um. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll take care of this. Yep. Okay. Uh, no
5: need. I will lick it off the floor. Um. um no,
2: that don't. Oh.
1: How are you? And, and you see this shambling mound has come out, so it is this kind of like pile of goo and flesh, and it just looks at you and it goes, "How are you?" Licking without a tongue? Oh, okay. It, it just kind of like shambles away.
4: So, um, while we're waiting, do you want to play a game or?
2: What do you have in mind?
4: I mean, I have dice. I have playing cards. I don't know if either of those are interesting to you.
1: Mm, play some cards, you know? Right. I'm more interested in your bed. And Richard stares at you.
4: Now, I... I know you probably did not intend that the way that it came out. Um, could you be a little more specific? You mean you mean a bed to sleep in and not my bed? Correct. Great. That can be arranged.
1: Yes. Assistants, how much time do we have before our schedule drop?
4: assistants
1: yes
2: he calls everybody assistants welcome aboard by the way it's a whole thing pleasure to have you
4: thank you um i am not your assistant
1: (laughs) and neither am i he kind of takes you both in chuckles (laughs) that's what they all say right nephew thomas comes up for air
5: That's right. That's what they all say, including you, Uncle. My assistant. (laughs) Do not forget Phelps and Edgeworth. We are partners, are we not? Right. I would like a bed away from everyone, if that's something that could be arranged.
4: I'm sure that could be arranged. Just make sure you're up at the proper alarm time. For if you're at a faraway place, we may not be able to wake you if you sleep through it.
5: I could stay up all night if I had to, so I think I should be fine.
4: Great. Viper kind of leans into to Tyrannicus and is like, so the whole assistant thing, can you explain that? Just so I know. Like. They're
2: like, they want to be lawyers, although they're not really good at it. They call everybody assistants. You just
4: and, and going along with it, it fluffs their ego in some way to where there's no rift in the group? or.
2: I mean, it does, but I, I don't really go with it. But if you don't, it's just going to keep going.
3: I prefer the term entrepreneurs.
4: Great. All right. Well... I suppose if you're not in the mood to play a game, we could get your quarters now.
1: That would be most amenable, yes. How about you go prepare our quarters? My nephew and I will strategize, and you can come fetch us when you're ready.
4: Well, I am not a maid. I'm not the one who would No, no,
1: of course. That would be incredibly judgmental of me. I would never assume you to be a maid. Just, you know, taking on your duties as our new assistant. Mm.
4: A couple of the snakes in Viper's hair hiss.
1: Right, right. Yes.
4: Sure. Right away. And she kind of like gives Tyrannicus a look of like, okay, and she'll go to find the person who can help, like, get guest quarters and stuff.
1: Sure. So you know that uh, currently you're in the mess hall, which is actually not far from the quarters at LEP, and you know that basically they just need to go scan in and someone will direct them to one of the temporary holdings.
4: Great. So I'll just kind of pretend like i go somewhere Mm -hmm. and then come back and say all right um so what you need to do is just go over there scan in you'll get some quarters and you there if you wish to not be near the rest of the group then just choose so i choose so great
5: all right. But there's still some coffee left to lick off the floor, so give me one moment,
1: please. So just over there to the, um, cubes, is it? Yes. The pubes? The cubes. Oh, Uncle, Annunciate, please. Nephew, look with your eyes. <laughs> anyway, far away from them. Come, Nephew, let's have a slumber party, away from the assistants, the boss's quarters, if you will. I, I don't want to
5: sleep with you either, Uncle.
1: Right. I think you two should, uh... Maybe spend a
2: little bit more time together. That won't be necessary. Yes,
4: I mean, if we are your assistants and you are the, um, how do you say, it, bosses.
1: I prefer Big Poppy.
4: I will not be calling you that. All right. But if you have some riffs in the business, perhaps a meeting is in order to sort out, you know, who is in charge here. I am in charge. We are
5: equal partners. I mean equal, equally in charge. Right. I already have a roommate. I have to sleep alone. I mean, with my roommate. Yes, me too. And Richard
1: charges out towards the cubes.
5: I will follow. Okay.
4: All right. Is there anything, Mr. Hera? Well,
5: uh, I, uh,
3: I should get going. I I want to go check on Twigs. I just want to make sure they're treating him okay. <coughs> I haven't been let out since you brought me here. And he kind
1: of, you, you could tell he's still a little bitter about it.
4: Right. I would like to again give you my sincerest apologies i was right. merely doing my job but i can put you in touch with someone who could you know let you check on your friend
3: i'd appreciate that
4: all right mr Hera, i'll get that situated for you taronicus is there anything you need before i retire to my quarters
2: no i think i'll be okay
4: all right good night a new day tomorrow
1: What time would you like to meet, actually?
4: That's a good question. God.
1: (laughs) So, you all remember that because you are on the Lep base, which is the moon. Right. And you are attempting to drop at a specific point, you cannot miss your departure time when the moon is above the portal. Right. Lucky had told you that you would be arriving in a few hours... Basically, it is once you are over uh, that particular drop point. I would say you have about a short rests amount of time left. So you have maybe three or four hours where you can chill.
4: Well, I hope that you're not too tired. We have about three or four hours, and then we'll be at our dropping point. I'll come by, and I'll see you in a few hours' time. Have a good rest. You as well. And as part of my short rest, I'm going to milk the poison out of the vipers in my hair.
1: Okay, sweet. So, you see Viper begins to walk away with Kit, and Tyronicus, as you are the last one left, or in the mess hall table, you hear your communicator buzz. Hello? Hey, Tyronicus, um, are you busy? No, what's up, Lucky? Not incredibly pressing, but I have something you might want to take a look at when you get the chance. Might be of use to you later. Really? Yeah. Well, I can come by now if you want. Well, I'm just, i say, the administrative center. Alright, I'll be there in a click. Okay. See ya. Later. So, Thomas and Richard, you are the first out of the dining area. You step outside of the mess hall in the quarters and into the stunning open area of Lep Recon. The commons. You see domineering concrete structures accented with the glow of pastel neon lighting. The walkways are made of stone, not unlike the natural surface of the moon, but shaped into neat cobblestone paths. Some agents walk. Others crawl along with their extra limbs, and others still zip by on boots, propelling them with a blue energy shooting out the bottom. Filling in the areas between the walkways and buildings are expanses of green, grass, trees, hedges, and even small ponds that all seem far too perfect to be natural, or at the very least, not highly maintained. Spanning the entire length above you is a clear domed structure, like glass, but with a vague shimmer to it that is occasionally visible to the human eye. Beyond the glass is the gorgeous and dark expanse of infinite space. There are blacks and violets and blues, dotted with the bright whites of distant galaxies. It is breathtaking. Wow. That is breathtaking. That is quite breathtaking.
5: Do you have breath, nephew? Uh, wait. I have the muscle that allows me to do the motion of breath. I don't think I, I can't really feel. Your condition is really quite perplexing. I don't think I have breath. Here, come here, you want to test it out? Sure, and he puts his face right in front of your mouth.
1: Nothing. Nothing. Well, no breath. Hmm. All right, well, I uh, I believe the cubes are just over here. And he points to, it is a rather tall building. And this one is largely made of this kind of like, crystalline material. And they all seem to be made of like, small cubes. They're not all exactly the same size, like, forming a tower. So there's this kind of, like, asymmetrical aspect to it. It is really cool and funky looking. And you see the light refracting off of the different, like, facets of the crystalline glass that makes up the building. And he goes, I I think this is our place. I'm sure they'll have us on the top floor, right? The top floor? Yes, the executive suite. I don't
5: think that's something they have here. Hmm. I guess we'll find out, hmm? I'm sure we would not be those executives.
1: Well, you know, at least um, guests of honor.
5: Maybe. Let's
1: go. Okay. And you guys walk inside, and you enter into a room with a very large hallway, and not far from the entrance is a round kind of welcome center, and behind it, you see a kind of slug person there with little glasses with a chain going around the neck and this matted-down deep blue hair in these kind of like messy bangs staring out at
5: you. When to walk up to the slug person and say, Hello, two rooms please. Hello. Oh no. Welcome to the cubes. Thank you. Two rooms please.
1: Identification. Thomas Phelps. Stand over there. Okay. You notice that in the ground there's like a different texture on the surface, kind of like a like a mat, and there is this orb on the desk directly in front of that. I'll stand in front of that. Okay. You stand there. The orb flashes, and it blinds you for a second. Ah. And then the slug person says, Please place your hand on the scanner. And they seem to roll over in a rolling chair and push something out. And you see this kind of drawer pops out. And it is a tray with a thin layer of gel. Oh, no. Do I put my hand on it? Please place
5: your hand on the scanner. Oh, I'm glad this isn't my real fleshy hand. Here I
1: go. And you put your hand in the gel, and you feel this kind of warm energy wash over your hand. And they go, okay. Next. And Richard steps in front of the orb. It flashes. (laughs) Ah. Whoa. Is this any way to treat your guests? So please place your hand on the scanner. When Trey comes out again. He places his hand and he goes, Ah, all right. You'll be in the supervised department. Please take that elevator over there to basement sub level four and
5: yes, we will be going to the basement. S- separate rooms, right?
1: Okay, I'm gonna get in the elevator. <clears throat> Surely, um, a large executive suite in the basement, safe from, uh, incoming space debris, yes? All right, go into the elevator. And <laughs> Richard follows you into the elevator and hops in, and you guys take it down, and sure enough, you are in a very, very dank basement. Actually, not unlike Samir's quarters oh, God. in your apartment. But the elevator automatically takes you down to that level, and the door opens to this little, like, dingy concrete room with, like, very, very pale yellow lighting. And there are about four cots just laid out with, like, all manner of stains on them. (laughs) Oh, Oh, boy. Can I roll
5: to see which one's the least dirty? Yeah, roll an investigation. That would be a seventh. Okay, uh, they all seem equally not dirty to you. I'm going to take the one farthest away from the door. Okay, you go all the way to the left. And, Uncle, I'm going to insist that you sit on the one closest to the door.
1: Well, of course. Quickest escape in the uh, case of an emergency. Thank you, nephew. Very kind of you. Very smart and astute of you, Uncle. Good night. Good night. Good night. And you see your uncle goes over, begins, uh, he takes off his suit jacket, undoes his tie, starts putting everything in that little, like, shitty foot locker at the bed of the cot, and then gets into bed in his boxers and says, nighty-night. Thomas is going to mutter, I miss my coffin.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, you may short rest, Thomas. Yes! So, Viper, you escort Kit. You also exit, and, of course... You've been on the base for a couple of days now, so you've, like, reacclimated to the view, but it is still a, a very pretty one. And you know because you helped escort Twiggs' body to the holding facilities, and as you bring him into one of the subterranean levels of the security complex, sure enough, Twiggs is basically in this refrigeration unit, and Kit walks in and he goes,
3: All right, thank you, Miss Hay.
4: Do you need anything else? all uh, right.
1: No,
3: just just come get me when it's time, I guess. All right. Don't forget me, please.
4: I will not. And, uh, Mr. Hera... Yeah? I really am very sorry for your loss.
3: Uh, Yeah. Uh, thank, Thank you.
4: I'll see you in a few hours. All right. And Viper will go to her cube, which... Would you like to tell me what that looks like?
1: Sure. So, uh, you drop Kit off, and you make your way back up out of the security complex toward the living quarters... And you make it to the cubes, you scan in, and your elevator automatically opens up. It takes you to the sixth floor. You are currently in Unit 6B, that tends to stay stable for a while. If you've been in the field for too long, they might move people around every now and then. But you walk in, and it is a relatively small area. It's not like an apartment. It's more like a small hotel room. So why don't you tell me what you have in here besides the standard bed, dresser, and uh, outward view of the moon?
4: Alright, so here I have in my desk a collection of letters from my father and stepmother. I also have quite a few books on poisons, on venoms, on different types of snakes and their behaviour so that if I ever were to encounter a snake in the wild that isn't a viper I would know how to, when speaking to it, not like freak it out and make sure that there were no problems. I have my poison kit which I will use to milk the venom out of my snake hair but in order to do so I have to calm them down and I have to take them out of my ponytail and sort of get them relaxed and there's no way of knowing especially if there's been a fuss if they're going to want to do it at all. Mm -hmm. So I'll sit on my bed which is a red bedspread and I will try my very best maybe hum a song to try to get my snakes to relax.
1: Okay, please roll an animal handling check for me.
4: All right. 16 on die plus 2. That's 18.
1: Okay. And you spend pretty much most of the rest of your short rest milking the snakes, they're a little agitated because there have been a lot of stimuli today. Right. But you tend to handle them pretty well and you do manage to milk them successfully.
4: Great. So upon doing so, I will thank them. I will give them each individual attention so that they don't think I have favorites, although I do. And I will begin to sort of get my bag set up Actually, do you think I have enough time to coat my weapons with the Venom?
1: I would say you could do that for your short rest, yes. All right. You just probably won't be able to actually rest. <laughs> That's alright.
4: So, with the rest of my rest, I will then take the fresh Venom and coat my daggers, my ring, my necklace, and my throwing knives.
1: Marvelous. And they are coated. Amazing. Okay. And while this is going on, Tyronicus, you step your way out of the mess hall last. You take in the view. It's been a hot second since you've been back on base. Basically since you were sent down near Rabbit Cove to investigate what was going on in the town. So it's, uh, it's definitely stunning, as always. But after you re-acclimate, maybe take in the surroundings, take in the agents around you. There are always new faces, and of course some familiar ones as well. But finally, you walk up to the administrative complex. On your left, you see a very wide building with a domed concrete roof and signage that reads the Task," T-A-S-C, which you recognize to be the Training and Simulation Center. And then a bit further down the walkway, you see Lucky seated on a bench outside of a tall building that you recognize as Central Command. And as Lucky sees you walking by, he waves you down and he goes, Good to see ya! He runs up to you. Yeah, get a chance to eat and whatnot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just came back from the mess hall. You're looking tired, Lot. You okay? <sighs> it's been a,
2: it's been a quite a trip, Lucky, I'm not gonna lie.
3: I can imagine. You you told me what went down with that. You know who.
2: It's, uh... Yeah. Jeez. I'm still really coming to terms with all of that.
1: Aye. We're looking into all of that, but, you know, with the phylactery gone, I don't think that bites well.
2: Yeah. Well...
1: Anyways, if, if I get any leads, I'll, I'll keep you up to date. Thanks, Lucky. That said, why don't you uh, step inside with me? Uh, I've, I've got something you might want to take a look at. Okay. Lucky walks you up to the tall building and you take it in. It is one of the more impressive buildings on base. It stretches up vertically with a raked top that terminates in a sharp tip as the subsequent floors become skinnier and skinnier. Lucky scans a keycard on a titanium pad, and the two heavy elevator-like metal doors slide open. You see an imp behind a receptionist's desk covered with a glass barrier and one of those speak-through holes that you see at a bank. And Lucky goes, Hey, Galim. How's Joopy doing? (coughs) No kidding. Good to hear. Just taking uh, Tyrannicus back with me to room 12F. (coughs) And he nods at you and kind of gestures towards the titanium pad. And as you know, is protocol for central command, you are expected to scan your key card in to be granted access.
2: Well, I bought my key card and I have that thing scanned.
1: You do so, you hold it up to this kind of like gem that is embedded in the wall and it's like a little titanium strip and the gem glows for a bit. You see Gallim the Imp behind the desk kind of looks at something and goes, and one of the elevators opens up for you all to step into. Step in? All right, Lucky walks in with you and leads you up into a room labeled 12F. There is a wide mahogany table with a number of chairs surrounding it. Set in the center of the tabletop is a large dark glass, almost mirror-like surface. Lucky manipulates it as he gestures for you to take a seat, and he says, So, I had an agent on the ground in the fingers. I just saw my agents on the West Coast to keep an eye out for the things you asked me for, Tyronicus. They ran into this. The dark glass surface suddenly displays the image of a document. It's crystal clear and sharp, almost as if you were looking at a direct reflection. The document appears to be a newspaper, and on that newspaper is a headline that reads, Renowned author Jessica Felcher arrested. According to sources in The Fingers, late Wednesday, third of winter, renowned author Jessica Felcher, known for her murder mystery novels, such as The Pocketful of Deadfish, coming to the Great Opal Way late this season, was allegedly apprehended at the court of the Northern Isles. While details are still scarce, Our sources indicate she was involved in a physical altercation with a number of court officials and at least one accomplice. What led to the altercation? Could this be tied to the highly anticipated upcoming trial of Michelle Crichton? Our reporters will be keeping you up to date as details become available here on the Middle Finger Gazette. What? Uh, Does it say if she's still in custody? When did this take place? Well, according to the article, she was arrested uh, sometime third of winter, late at night. It's currently the 8th, but uh, this is the most up-to-date newspaper we've found so far.
3: Hmm.
1: And this was in the Fingers? Aye. Uh, What is going on here? My agent is in the Fingers, but is currently on assignment, not quite near the Court of the Northern Isles. They're gonna go check it out as soon as they can, but... They can't afford to abandon the mission they're on at the moment. Do we know who her accomplice is? Article doesn't say anything. Only name we're seeing besides Jessica herself is uh, the author. Iris Amos? That ring any bells? Iris? um, Not fully, maybe? Then I'm afraid that's all I've got for
2: you. At least regarding Jessica. Okay, I know she's rolling with at least two other people.
1: I think it was four people, actually.
2: Really? I remember a name like Barbara and
1: someone else. Right, 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 the kid fellow. Maybe he knows more? I I don't know. This took place after he was brought into custody, so... Yeah, I'll, I'll ask him at some point. Also, if you're interested, I, I've had everyone looking into those names that you gave me, and to be quite honest, I didn't find much. Really? Yeah. I got some of those names. You gave me a Reginald Figglesbottom, right? Yes. Okay, so, closest we got was, uh, Reginald Figglesbottom was an actual person. He's the person we've got the most information on. He was a king of old Brookhaven centuries ago, but he's long, long dead. His great-grandson, Reginald the IV, is judge of the Supreme Court of Opula, and an all-around elite snob. So Reginald is dead.
2: Aye. Hmm. You didn't hear anything about Saxon Brunt, Supreme
1: Thistle? Yes, yes, okay. So, Saxon Brunt, on the other hand, we have found. He's located in Solstice, a place called the Sandstone Palace. Not very active though, we we know he's there, but no real activity worth mentioning. As far as Hagatha, she's definitely been sighted, and there are traces of her existence, but relatively a ghost. Uh, same goes for Ziphrine Thistle. No location, no real leads, but definitely some traces. Wryth, on the other hand, I believe is the last name he gave me? Yes. We've got nothing on them, at all. I know that Wryth
2: is connected to Zifrine, so maybe if we can find, Zephrine, we can locate
1: Rife. All this is so confusing. All I've got people working on it. Only my most trusted agent, so I'd put out a wider notice. But from what you're telling me, I'm I'm afraid this might be a sensitive matter. It doesn't make sense, though. Why would
2: Jessica be arrested in the fingers? Doesn't Hagatha run the fingers?
1: Maybe she doesn't? Or maybe this is part of some ploy or something?
2: I wouldn't put it past them at this point. I don't know much about these people, but I do know they're shifty.
3: Well, isn't that
1: the way you're headed right now? Yeah. Whatever's going on down there, be careful, okay? Arrested or not, I'm sure Jessica has something up her sleeve.
2: Oh, I'm sure. And we don't know what's going on with her or her allies, so we'll definitely keep eyes on. Right.
1: Well, that's all I've got for you, bud. I'm sorry I couldn't do more. Sorry, you've done more than enough, Lucky. Thank you. Uh, I guess it doesn't really get late on the moon, but it's uh, it's getting later down there, so we should be dropping relatively soon. You need anything else before you go? I don't know, I think I might stop by R&D, see if I can pick up and any kind of equipment that might help us. Sure, they uh, I, I know they've got their hands full with a couple of artifacts right now, but couldn't hurt to stop in. Well, Make sure you're getting some rest, lad. You might be heading into a shitstorm right now. I'm a little worried for you. Right. right. Anyway, maybe I should
2: just go get rest instead.
1: Up to you, lad. I trust you. Yeah, manage yourself, but I know you like to push yourself.
2: Yeah.
1: Hey, if you manage to bring this Jessica bitch in and maybe we get some useful information, I'm sure Big Blue wouldn't mind possibly throwing a bonus your way.
2: Easier said than done, but I'll always take a <laughs> bonus, you know? <laughs> well,
1: uh I've got some more work to wrap up here, but... uh it's always good to see you face to face. Yeah, good seeing you too, Lucky. Thanks for all your help so far. Yeah, let me know when you're dropping. I'll uh, I'll escort you. we Will do. Okay, and Lucky gets back to work at the tape.
2: I'm going to like, stand there for a little bit, watch Lucky work.
1: I'm going to turn around on my heels and walk out. Okay, and you walk out. Where you headed? I think I'm going to stop by R&D and then I'm going go to go rest. Sure, okay. You head up to R&D. Basically, you know that this is in an area called uh, the Containment Center. And it is where a lot of the magical artifacts are taken for study and containment and destruction, if need be. And there is the lab, which is where some of the artificers work. You see another one of those gems where uh, you scan your keycard, of course the doors open, and you see another imp behind the desk who sees you, kind of logs your entrance, and gestures for you to proceed. And you walk into the lab. It is a very, like, James Bond-style, like, cues workshop with white, stark walls just mounted with shit all over the place. Like, all these gadgets. Some of them are ready to go. Others are, like, deconstructed and blown up and being worked on. And there are tables all over the place and a number of different uh, artificers kind of doing their work. Roll a history for me. History... Sixteen. Okay. You see one of the artificers that you've worked with a little bit in the past. You are a trusted member, but the upgrades in the lab can be pretty pricey. So unless you're being given something for a special mission, like usually it's people like Lucky and stuff who are interfacing with them more often. Yeah. But you see Figaro, and Figaro is a little halfling artificer. He has big goggles that kind of amplify his eyes. So that you're just kind of seeing the big and large pupils as he turns around to look at you and this, like, wild purple troll doll hair. And he goes, Terracus! What's up, Fig?
6: Hey, it's good to see you. How you doing, man?
1: And uh, he comes over and he he shakes your hand. You're a halfling. He's still even shorter than you. (laughs) And he's like, good to see you. You too, man. What are you doing back on base? Uh, I know.
2: I'm in the middle of a mission. Thought we'd drop by, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, what can
6: I do for you? Hey guys, look,
1: at Tyronicus! And uh, he kind of points at you, and a lot of the other artificers, some of them, like, wave at you, like, Hey, what's up? And others just kind of, like, look up, and they're like, oh my
2: god, okay, and they get back to work. <laughs> I'm just, like, waving. Just, like, just thought I'd stop by, see if you're working on anything cool, maybe. Oh
6: god, all the time! What am I not working on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right.
2: Anything I could pick up for my mission?
6: Yeah. Anything in particular? What are you looking for?
2: I have no idea, man. Maybe something to help, like, modify people's memories, or help locate people and objects, I don't, anything that can help me on my mission, really.
6: Right, right. You know, we, we were working on, on a, a kind of a memory modifier type thing. And uh, un- unfortunately, uh, there was this artifact that we asked for uh, down in Rabbit Cove was a suspected location. Things went awry and don't quite have it, so we can't really uh, study the effects that we needed for that one. But Yeah, I get that. Uh, but we're working on it. I do have... I call it
1: a forget-me-now and uh, he opens a drawer and you see these little vials of like bright blue liquid and he goes down these and the uh, last few hours go away <laughs> nice uh, how much for a couple of
6: those uh let me see i i'll give you the uh the, the family and friends discount uh you get let's call it 10 gold a pop 10 gold a pop oh
2: killing me bud
6: sorry we've been underfunded the last few seasons yeah,
1: um, give me two. Oh shit, okay, <laughs> great. And he pulls them out and then he wraps them in like a cloth and gives you like a little leather carrying case and he goes, you do not want these to break by accident. Do you have like a, a container maybe that I can put
2: these in? Maybe they'll put, turn into like a spray? Oh, a spray. Oh. What? You know what,
6: I don't have that at the moment but visit me about that again later. That is a really good idea. Right. Really good. Look at you, little smarty pants. And he pinches your cheek.
2: <laughs> oh, thanks. So how have you been? What else have you guys been working on? I know you guys got a couple of artifacts in here. Any prototypes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, gosh, they've been all
6: over the place, really. Uh, the, the agents have been busier than ever. We uh, we got the new moon boots working. I, I know some people have been taking them for, for a spin around outside. Those are fun. I'm trying to, to steer away from kind of the... Weaponized stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm trying to go into more like practical utilities. Uh, uh, I heard about this thing on the surface called the biohedron uh, for sustainable agriculture. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out how we can uh, use that more locally, smaller scale, really cool stuff. Yeah, it'd be kind
2: of cool to be able to grow things here on the moon, you know?
6: Yeah, yeah. You, you see the trees? They're getting big. They are. Have you been like, like a special fertilizer or anything like that? Yeah, we're using a special uh, lighting spell that kind of simulates sunlight and is letting them grow. Other than that, we just have some really dedicated horticulturalists. Nice. Well, I'm proud of you, figs. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right, well, I'll get out of your hair. <laughs> All right, well, uh, yeah, I'm going to get to work on that spray thing, you know? Please do. We're always working on potions, but no one's ever thinking about, like, you know, maybe like
2: an injectable or a sprayable, a
6: throwable. That'd be really cool.
2: Yeah, man, or, like, maybe if you can make, like, a light that flashes from it. I mean...
1: Oh, okay, okay. And you see he starts scribbling, and, like, he kind of stops paying attention to you. Like, he hears that, and then whatever comes out of your mouth next, he kind of starts drawing, like, diagrams and sketches. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Like, even if you're not talking, he's going, oh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and he's getting lost in the sketches. I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll leave you to it, Figs.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool, yeah. And I'm just going to, like, slowly back away. Okay and you walk
1: out of the lab. And I'm going to my room. Cool. You head out, you head back to the cube, and you head up to your cube. You are on floor five, unit D. And so you walk in. What does your cube look
2: like to Ronica? Usually he's out on missions, mm-hmm. and he doesn't really have too many like logging things just because he's always out running about and doesn't have too many connections. So he's probably a very plain room simple cot, probably like a nightstand. He has like a picture of his parents next to it, but it's like like flat down on the table. Yeah. And he kind of just like picks it up and like looks at it and like sits it up correctly. Maybe like thumbing through some of his old like mission notes and things like that and old spells.
1: Yeah. And you sit down at the desk, you go over your stuff, maybe you, uh, you relax in the bed for a little bit as departure time is quickly approaching and you all complete ...your short rests.
0: We're halfway there.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're halfway there, whatever. Listen, it's Daddy G. We got a quick one for you today, because we gotta go. I found some trails, okay? I found ninja stars and sharp dice. Nicky B has been here. We are hot on the trail. All the patrons are with me, okay?
3: Wherever Nicky B is, whoever's hiding him, they don't want Nicky to be found. They keep
1: sending them after us we need funds okay we need to be able to keep up the fight to find nikki b so here's what you can do okay you at home if you can't come join us in the search for nikki b here's what you do go to trimbus.com merch okay over there you can find anything okay did you love our valentine's day special guess what we have valentine's merch up there you can get a pig smooch throw blanket for your bed you can get succubus coolidge on a fridge magnet for your fridge all of the trimbuses, the Apocalypse Drimbus, the Your Honor Drimbus, the Beyond Drimbus, the Florida Man Drimbus, they're all available there as stickers, decorate your laptops, spread the word that we're looking for Nikki B, okay? And if you're not afraid to be identified in the search for Nikki B, then wear that Drimbus merch proudly. We have shirts, we have sweaters, we have it all. We even have face masks to keep you safe. Stay safe out there, Nikki B, wherever you are. I hope you're wearing a mask. And every purchase you make there will go to support the show. Every purchase you make on drimbus.com slash merch will go to support the search for Nikki B. And if you want to enlist in the search, if you really want to take your contributions up to the next level, then go to patreon.com slash drimbus. At the $20 tier, you get signed up for occasional exclusive merch. We've sent out signed maps of old Marissa before. we sent out holiday merch like like Eddie Claw's bucket ads. And our top-tier patrons even get to play in private one-shot games with us. Not to mention the hours and hours of bonus content. All of this just for your support to help buy Nikki B. Oh, and if you're interested in the top secret project we're calling the Drimbus system, the ultimate tool to lure Nikki B back, signing up at patreon.com slash Drimbus might get you access to early copies in development. You could help shape the system that brings Nikki B back. But enough of that, we gotta move. All right, roll call. Jerry Benataros,
3: queso loco, Grenham Beignet, Alejandro Lopez, Ace Andrews, Thomas Murphy, Regina Russell, Salty, Adrian Bundy, Sam Olivos, Jordan
1: Cobb, The Unnamed Rogue, John Gillette, Chloe G, Conair on DVD, NB Star, Doubtful Guest, Michael Richters, Davis Walden, Danny Dewdrop, Myth Mouse, Will Woodall, Callie Wolf, Brandon M.
3: Bishop, Bridge, Twiglets, Joanna, West Berger, Stan Sitzman, Scrambles, The Death Dealer, Aaron Adams, Nathan Mesnard, Rue Thanatos, Morgan Lawson, Olivia Hill, Wilhelm Fox, Tripp, Carrie Holmes, and Stoner Panda. All right, move out. He can't be full.
4: Hey
1: everyone, it is your friendly neighborhood GM, John Carlo Herrera here, and today I wanted to tell you about an awesome show called Looters. It is an actual play podcast where a hilarious cast of friends go on dramatic, action-packed, sci-fi, western adventures in a universe full of different factions vying for control over the Outer Rims. I love a good sci-fi western mix, the cast is so much fun to listen to, and it's played on the Stars Without Number game system, which is really fun to hear in audio. I really think listeners of Drumbus would enjoy it, so, please, check out this trailer, and if it intrigues you, go check them out at looterspodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, enjoy.
0: Hey, we're the Looters. Hey, (laughs) what's up? Looters is a sci-fi western actual play podcast using the Stars Without Number system. We're a group of friends getting into trouble all over the universe. So come with
5: us if you're into adventure.
0: A rocket flies out of one of these ships far behind you and crashes into the wall and blows up.
3: There's rockets? It's Mario Kart. Crazy.
0: Intrigue. Can I hack into the body and maybe see if they have like a
1: memory data bank in their brain or some shit like that that I can access? that literally.
5: <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
4: Devastating physical injury. <laughs> Just
5: uh-huh. take cover. Oh, she's, she's a good pilot, everyone. Yeah, she's, very good. she's very good.
1: And
4: friendship. Aww.
6: New episodes of Looters out every Tuesday, wherever you get your
2: Podcasts.
1: Thomas, you and Richard both startle awake at the same time as you hear a knocking on your door.
4: Excuse me.
1: Yes? Who is it?
4: It's Viper.
1: Ah, assistant. And Richard uh, presses a button and the elevator door swing open.
4: Uh, Right, we are nearing our drop zone, so we need to get ready. If we miss it, then, well, then we're fucked, so.
5: All ready, five more minutes, mom, please.
4: Sorry, but no, I need you to get up right now. Okay. Thank you. Oh, can you make sure he gets up, please?
1: Richard is asleep, but he's standing, like, at the door.
4: (laughs) Oh, dear. So, Viper is going to walk up really close. Sorry about this. And then have her snakes, like, just go... Oh, uh, shut off the alarm. All right, all right. Okay. Turn Sir. It off. Sir. Oh my god. Viper just
5: tapped him on the head.
4: I'm going to slap him. I'm going <laughs> to slap him. <laughs> <laughs> Get a hold of yourself.
1: <clears throat> oh, thank you.
4: Are you awake now?
1: Yes, I'm awake.
4: Great. Then I'll see you at the drop zone. <clears throat>
1: And he very, like, shyly scoots over to the locker and starts trying to grab his clothes discreetly as you are standing in the middle of the room.
4: All right, I trust I'll see you there?
1: Yes. Yes, of course.
4: Great. And then I'll go to Tyronicus' cube, and then I'll go to Kit.
1: Okay. Tyronicus, likewise, you are resting on the bed. You've finally gotten a little bit of shut-eye. Not enough for you to actually heal anything as you were the latest in... But you at least get a little bit of rest, and you hear the knocking on your door.
4: kiss. Yeah? We're nearing the drop zone. All right, I'm coming. All right, I'll see you there?
1: Yep,
2: see you there.
4: All right. And then I'll I'll head over to find Kit.
1: Okay. And you make your way out of the cubes, through the walkways, and down into where you left him in the security complex. And Kit looks up. I. Hey. <clears throat> Sorry. Is your time?
4: Yes, Mr. Harrods,
3: Okay, I'm ready.
4: <clears throat> Do you need any help?
1: No, I'm good. And uh, you see it's labored for him to kind of stand up, but he does. And you see he's kind of, he's still adjusting to his new legs as the tentacles kind of help him crawl forward. You see they kind of trip over each other a little bit here and there. But overall, he seems to be in the beginning stages of getting a good grasp on his new limbs.
4: I can see you're doing better with those.
1: Right, uh, yeah, being able to
3: actually move about a little bit has been helpful.
4: I'm sure. Um, Did you have an adequate time with your friend?
3: Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, we're good,
1: <laughs> we're good.
4: All right, I'm glad. Come with me then, we're almost there.
1: And as you guys exit, you are already in the security complex, which is where you need to go for the drop. But you see Thomas, Richard, and Tyrannicus all approaching.
4: Alright, do we have a plan? Is there anything I need to know before I drop down with a lot of you, is basically what I'm asking.
2: I'm pretty sure if we run into Jessica or Hagatha, she knows all of our faces.
5: We should probably look like different people is the best course of action here.
2: I mean, you're a skeleton. I don't know how much we can do for you, but... well...
4: I can try. So, what I can do is make you look different, but I can't make you look like a different race or anything like that. that that's magic that I don't possess, but I could, you know, give you a different nose, different eye colour, maybe. Stuff like that. I mean, I've no experience with skeletons, but...
3: Maybe a little bit of contour on the cheekbones. Dole them down a little bit, they're very sharp.
4: Very good suggestion, Mr. Herra. Now change that jacket.
5: No, I'm I refuse. It is rather iconic, nephew.
4: It's in tatters. Can you
5: change my jacket to make it look prettier?
4: I don't have that skill, but I do have an extra cloak. If we could compromise and put the cloak over your jacket. Deal. Alright, great. I guess I'll try my best to go around and, like, use my disguise kit to give them just, like, slightly different features, like, different color eyes or different nose, just to, like, make them look different.
1: Okay, roll one for each person you are trying to disguise.
4: Alright, this one's for Tyronicus.
1: What are you doing for Tyronicus?
4: For Tyronicus, let's see... I'm going to give him a different nose, contour, so it looks like he has a different face shape. Maybe make his ears a little pointier. Okay. And I rolled an 11 on die and my... Proficiency bonus is 4, so 15.
1: Okay, you do a pretty good job. At least from a distance. Unless you knew Tyronicus really, really well, you probably wouldn't recognize him. Cool. Nice.
4: Remind me what Richard looks like, usually.
1: Richard looks very much like an older Thomas. Okay. He has very nicely coiffed hair. Uh, He is bearded. Okay. And he has a streak of gray in the beard. He's wearing a very sharp blue suit, very much like Thomas's red one. Mm. And he is wearing a brown cloak that covers the suit.
4: Okay, so here's what I want to do. I want to try to make him look like a half-elf. So I want to give him pointier ears and do some contour to give him sharper features and then color the gray streak in his beard so it looks like he's aging slower.
1: Okay, roll that for me. Would you
5: like to know what I normally look like? Sure. Tall, dashing, and (laughs) intoxicating.
4: I'm sure.
1: Looks like a skeleton.
4: So 13 on die, plus 4 17.
1: Okay, you do a great job with Richard. He looks like a half-elf.
4: Okay. I don't know how to help Kit.
1: Kit sees you glance at him, and then he glances down at himself, and he goes, I don't really think there's anyone that's gonna look like me anyway.
4: Perhaps, um... I mean,
1: if you change
2: him up a little
1: bit...
4: Yeah, I mean, I could... I
1: mean, but... And he, like, grabs two of the thick tentacles with his hands, and he holds them up. He goes, This is kind of a, you know...
4: Well, if you're not opposed, Mr. Hera, and you can say no, we could give you a long skirt (gasps) and some breasts. Nice. And make you... (laughs) A lady Hera.
2: Why does he have to be a lady? He could just wear a skirt.
4: It's very true. Like a, a, kilt, a kilt works, a kilt you know? A kilt does work. It would be completely up to your preference. I do have the means to make you a most dashing woman.
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: that sounds funny. I used to play dress up with my sister. <laughs>
4: That's a natural 20. <laughs> uh,
1: you take one of your extra cloaks and wrap it around Kit. And then take like a checkered shirt. And kind of like layer it in so it looks like a very Mrs. Doubtfire like, Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. busty uh, (laughs) kind of dress.
4: Put some makeup on, a little lipstick. Of course, yeah, you do it.
1: Kit looks fucking dashing, but like old lady dashing. Yeah.
4: I must say, Mr. Hera, this suits you. Oh, thank you. I hold up a mirror and I'm like, what do you think?
3: Oh, (laughs) Mom, you're pretty. You're
4: very pretty, Mr. Hera. Thank you. You're very welcome. I look at Thomas. Let me see.
5: Oh, we just put a paper bag over his head. (laughs) How would I see out of that? Stupid Tyrannicus, think.
4: How do you see without eyeballs? All right, I have a slight idea. Thomas, you are not a skeletal wizard, right? Correct. So. If we, say, put some paints or colors on this cloak and made it, like, blue with stars and made it, like, the garb that a wizard would don, then even though you yourself don't look different, surrounded by party members who are unrecognizable, you might blend right in.
5: Like a wizard's cloak like Ostragon would wear? Who?
4: I'm not familiar, but, um... If he was a wizard, then, then yes, I'm sure.
5: Oh. Alright. Yeah, that, that works for me.
4: Alright, let's see how we do. All right, 11 on die, plus four. That is 15 again. Oh my god. Yeah, wow. okay,
1: so very good. Pretty similar to Tyronicus. If you don't know Thomas well, at a distance you would not recognize him at all. If you've spent significant time with him, a la potentially someone like Jessica, it might be a little more likely that you would recognize him. All right, great.
4: feel good? for you. Cry. You look great, Mr. Harrah. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Right, so this Miss Felcher Viper, you said that you last spotted her uh, several days ago? Where we're going?
4: Indeed, I did.
2: All right. That reminds me. I just got some recent intel. About five-ish days ago, there was a report that Jessica was arrested. What? Arrested? And the fingers.
4: What? I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know if she's still there, but she was arrested. She was, like, arguing or fighting over the courts about something. I don't even know if she's still there, and um, there was at least one accomplice, but they don't really know who that accomplice is. That doesn't seem
5: right, but, I mean, if she's arrested, that gets her out of our way, so...
2: Considering the fact that the fingers is the territory, I highly doubt that she's still arrested. I was gonna say, how could she possibly have
5: gotten arrested when they control most of the courts? I thought the same thing.
4: I mean, you know your friend better than I do, of course. You don't think that she's trying to break away, do you?
2: Jessica I don't know much about her myself
4: I mean I'm just thinking just objectively as someone who doesn't know her just looking at the facts if this newspaper is run by this Hagatha figure and they were previously partnered basically perhaps she's trying to get a way out and was retaliated against
2: Jessica, Maybe, or, or it could be a trap and they're trying to pass out this information.
5: There's no chance. She is beyond conniving and evil. There's no way she's trying to break away from Hagatha unless she herself is doing her own evil doings now.
3: She saved me. She was
5: trying to help all the people stuck on the island. Probably to get something out of you, Kit. Yeah. There were no good intentions there. I thought, I just, I don't know, I thought, i was supposed
3: to
2: go back to help her with a trial. i don't know much about the woman what i do know is that she attacked me and she misused magic and for that she has to be taken
5: in all right kit i believe that you believe she tried to help thanks
4: i don't disagree she must be taken in but it is quite perplexing that she has been arrested i mean if it were a trap
1: Well, what exactly is our end goal here anyway? If she's arrested, we've already won, haven't we? Not quite. If she's arrested,
2: we could take her in to questioning here at LEP. If not, we have to go get her, and the end goal is still to stop Hagatha. Jessica's just a piece of the pawn.
1: Nephew, do you think she might know more about the LLC? Maybe she knows what happened to your parents. I...
2: maybe? She has to know something more about the LLC than we already know, considering that... Her benefactor is a part of them, so. Although, we do have Monique, and Monique doesn't seem to know much. This is true. But for all we know, Monique's not as trusted as her.
4: It sounds like your friend, Miss Felcher, is quite a witty fellow. I doubt that she's still in prison, if she was ever there in the first place.
5: I don't care what she knows. I'm not talking to Jessica. So where are we going then, nephew? I thought that was the whole point of this. I'll tag along. You all could talk to her. So what's your goal? Just go down, keep you company, protect you like a good boss to his assistants. But I'm here to protect you. I need no protecting, Uncle.
4: I think we can all protect each other, which is usually what group operations consist of. Is that fair?
1: Right. I agree. Where was this, Tyronicus? It says it was in the Court of the Northern Isles. Is that anywhere near where we were planning to draw?
4: We're being dropped in the middle of these two destinations. One where i found mr Hara and to this courthouse that was in this news article you've told us about so i suppose my question would be would we rather investigate if she is indeed still being imprisoned or check out the area that i found mr hara and saw her last
2: the latter please when was the last time that you saw her
4: almost a week ago
2: was it before the third yes and she was arrested on the third she
3: was preparing for a court case i remember i was supposed to come back to help
4: do you remember what court this case was supposed to happen
2: i think it was the northern isles granted we have no reason to go to a court and i highly doubt we'll get much information from there so i would say that we we'll go to the location that you were speaking of
4: Alright, we'll go there first. If we find more information that pushes us to want to explore this other path, then I say, after we've done a pretty thorough examination, then why not explore this as well.
1: So you really are, are that confident that she's not still in prison? I highly doubt she's still in prison. Why would she return to the place she was already seen?
4: That's what my question is, if she's no longer prisoned, then I'm sure she would not.
2: My thoughts is that she's in either place, but at least we maybe will find someone who can know
5: something about her whereabouts. I agree with Tyronicus. All right. Very well. Shall we?
4: I suppose we shall.
5: Let's get blasted. Wait, what's the term for going down? Do we just jump down or what is it a landing is it a blasting what are we doing well i would love to see you jump off of the moon <laughs> ah yes
1: the beaming
4: i'm just thinking of finding nemo it's like this is your stop dude <laughs> Woo! It's, Stop, it's actually
1: not terribly far off from that. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> and at this point, Lucky is kind of just walking down the corridors and he goes, Tyronicus, I told you to call me when it was time to leave. You're going to be late. You're right. Sorry, Lucky. I just got caught up. Right. Get your asses moving. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.
4: As we're like hurrying, I'm like, hi, Lucky. How are you? Uh, don't you think Mr. Hara looks lovely?
1: Oh, I didn't even recognize you. Hello, Tyronicus. You, you look phenomenal.
4: I got into a little bit of my disguise kit, just in case we're recognised.
1: Uh, maybe a career change is in order.
4: <laughs> oh, stop it. I have considered. but
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, all I ask is that you will be vigilant. I trust that Veronica shared the information with all of you?
4: Yes. What do you think about it?
1: All I know is that whatever's going on, I wouldn't trust Jessica not to have some sort of trick up her sleeve, okay? Right. So please be careful out there. If she is in prison, then don't trust the prison. Right. If she's not in prison, just be careful, please. All right. Beam me up, Lucky. Right. I'm not the one doing it, but he is. And as you approach the terminal, you see Terry, the MSA agent, standing on the other side of a portal-like device. It's person-sized, and it has a thin blue energy layer that you seem to be expected to walk through. And he says, uh, Godspeed.
4: See you on the other side. And I'll go through first.
1: Okay, yeah, you walk through the energy field, you feel it kind of scan you, and you're good. Whee! Very well. See you on the other side, assistants. And Richard walks through. Here I go. I'll walk through. When Richard walks through, you see Terry's looking at something, and when you walk through, he goes, Mr. Phelps, you understand the inherent risk you are taking by returning to the surface with the LEP implant, yes? Yes, I do. It'll be okay. Alright. And Kit kind of wallows through and Terry goes, looking very good. And he goes, thank you. <laughs> Lucky kicks your ass, Terronicus, as you've <laughs> entered your <laughs> idle animation.
2: <laughs> sorry, sorry. and um, just like look at Lucky Sterling and just like give him a nod. Yeah, he, he nods back at you. And then I'm going to
1: walk through. You go through and Terry says, alright. You're all set for landing in the Fingers just off the coast. Uh, Los Marineros should be a few hours west. Have a safe trip. Thanks, Terry. And uh, mind any incoming arrivals. And you see Lucky salutes you. And as he drops the salute, Terry pulls a lever. And the ground beneath all of you drops out. And you are all plunged into a pitch black winding tunnel. Your body gains speed as you twist and turn through the tunnels like a slide at a water park. After a moment, you get spit out into the open air above the planet. It is a terrifying, yet gorgeous sight. Far, far, far beneath you, you see the dark, tumultuous sea churning against the rock-covered, hilly coast of the fingers. Stretching inland, You see snow-capped mountainous terrain with vast expanses of evergreen forests, all covered in a thick layer of white. In fact, it's freezing up here. Everyone make a constitution saving throw. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, Viper, the moment you get shot out, all of your snakes coil up tightly into, like, Princess buns.
4: No, oh, fuck. Fuck. Eleven. Shit. Fourteen. Hold on, maybe I have.
1: Why? Wow, what did you roll? A natural one. Oh. Oof. We're gonna, we're gonna. Well, if it's natural, it's natural.
4: That'll be a, f- a four. So um. Is
1: that, is that a natural it one?
4: Three. Yes, it. Yes, it was.
1: Okay. Thomas, Tyrannicus, and Richard, you all take four points of cold damage. Uh, Viper, you take eight. <laughs> uh, and you feel your snakes are not feeling very good right now. Oh, they couldn't have warned
2: us to wear warmer
4: clothes. I would like to start, like, going through my bag to see if I have, like, a spare piece of fabric that I can rip up to try to make little, like, scarves for my snake.
1: Sure. (laughs) You start looking for that as a cloud passes over you, so you wait for this kind of, like, foggy mist to pass. And uh, what is everyone's passive perception?
4: Twelve.
1: Eleven. Twelve. Okay.
4: Wow, so perceptive of us.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't
2: know. <laughs> I have no wisdom.
1: Through the passing clouds, as you guys are riding down this green beam, you're kind of like feather falling gently is kind of what it feels like. You are coming down to the ground, and this cloud envelops you as it passes. And as the cloud passes, you hear a... <laughs> somewhere beneath you. Um... What?
4: Sound off. Um... Viper What? Kit, is that you? Yeah You alright?
2: Yeah Someone else is yelling then
4: Richard? Yes Oh Huh? Okay, so we didn't lose anybody then.
1: (laughs) What was that yelling? Hello? Anyone there? And the cloud finishes passing and you find that you are continuing to descend down towards the surface of the planet. Viper, you begin to look through and you find some scraps of fabric left over from making kids think, but your fingers are beginning to freeze up. So now is not really the time to tear those up.
4: I'm so sorry. And my snakes are like, (laughs) look, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. In just a second, I'm sorry.
1: So all of you, from your left, you hear something like a, (laughs) and you see three things flying (laughs) at you. They seem to resemble very large brains.
4: No. But the brains
1: have trailing tentacles Ooh. five to eight feet in length mm. and curved hawk-like beaks sticking out of their what? front. Oh, God, I don't of the and they're coming right at you. Roll for initiative.
3: This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Nicholas Palazzo as Thomas Phelps, T.J. Berry as Tyrannicus, and Hannah Schooner as Viper. The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. Editing was done by Hannah Schooner and Giancarlo Herrera with sound design by Giancarlo Herrera. If you want to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash drimbus. Our patrons get access to exclusive perks like our after the show
1: show after the drimbus, free exclusive merch, bonus series, and the chance to create items for the show or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag drimbus to be entered to win a
3: free Dungeons and Drimbus sticker. Thank you all so much for listening, and I do declare, I'll see you all next week.
5: The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish.
0: You wake up startled in the middle of the night, convinced that there's something out there in the darkness. Your brain tells you that there's nothing to be afraid of, that the inhuman shape in the corner of your room is just your laundry piled on a chair. But as you hear the ghostly, ragged breathing that doesn't belong to you, you realize your brain is dead wrong. If you love the mix of horror, mystery, and comedy in shows like Buffy, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, or Supernatural, you'll feel right at home on The Crit Show, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast where the players, playing as themselves, are tasked with being the last line of defense from the forces of evil that go bump in the night. Join us every Wednesday and learn the games we play while the gang tries their best to solve the mysteries, hunt the monsters, and protect the innocent. Their intentions are good, their dice rolls not so much you can find the crit show at the or wherever you listen to podcasts